0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome into the Aughts and Audible's podcast. I'm at Bray Eric with me as always on this show. And today, it's wide receiver day. We're going to look at this position group. Who's here? What's expected of this group? What type of season could this group have? Uh, and we're going to break it all down coming up next here on the Aughts and Audible's podcast. But first, I want to remind you guys... Today, you can subscribe to DuckTerritory.com for as low as $1 for your first month, $9.95 thereafter that. Inside scoop on the Oregon Ducks, expert analysis and opinion. Read all the content across the entire 24-7 sports network with your VIP membership. If you want to save even more money, you can subscribe today with an annual membership, one-time payment of $75.18, but that saves you over $3 compared to the month-to-month rate per month. Uh, so you're you're paying six dollars and twenty six cents annually per month uh, for that membership, and that compares to the nine ninety five and monthly rate. So you're going to save a huge chunk of change either way. And if right now you can't subscribe, you, you can't commit to subscribing, uh, that's okay. Uh, you can also support the podcast in two other ways. First, give us a review on Google, iTunes, uh, Google Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you use to listen to the show. Give us a review. And the second way is make sure that, that you like and subscribe to the podcast because it's free. You get notified every time we upload a podcast, and right now it's almost daily. Uh, we're doing a podcast for the Arts and Audible show. It gets sent directly to your device. You can go back and listen to all our other previous episodes as well, all conveniently in your hand or on your computer or your TV, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, they can be all stored there for you to, to check out. Eric, let's look at this uh, receiving group. And I think this is one in which I feel like they're going to be good. I look at the depth and see that they've, they've, the coverage has been restocked, if, if you will. There's experience back. There are some dynamic players within this group. But at the same time, it's kind of like it could go either way. Uh, they could be really good or they could be, you know, kind of what they've been the last couple of seasons. Let's start
0: here. I mean, this is the, I'm just doing the math on the fly. I think this is the fourth new wide receivers coach that will be leading this position group in the last five years. Um, I mean, there's been so much coaching turnover. Um, You know, Jovan Bonite was brought in for one year last year um, to replace Michael Johnson, who took the, actually was on Joe Moorhead's staff at Mississippi state for, for a little bit. Um, and Bo Knight is gone now. He's taken off as well. I think he's at Kentucky uh, and they replaced him with Brian McClendon, who uh, everybody's very excited about what he can do. He's somebody who's been an offensive coordinator in the past, came from the SEC, a great recruiter, um, really, the returns have been very positive, but again, it, it is another position group that's under new leadership. Um, and we've done podcasts now the last couple of days of these position groups and, and um, and it's interesting. This is probably – this is the last one we're going to do in a bit where we're looking at a, a, a position group that's going to be led by a new a new position coach. And I'm with you, Matt. I look at this group and think, you know, I've got the stats pulled up. Johnny Johnson is the third leading receiver returning in the Pac-12 behind a couple of guys from USC and Amon Ra St. Brown, and, and Tyler Vons um, had 850 yards last season, really had a great – Bounce back year from a terrible sophomore season. We've talked about this in the past where Johnny Johnson, his sophomore season in 2018, like didn't even, he was hardly part of the rotation the second half of the season. Like he really fell out of favor, came back last year. And in part because of some injuries in the preseason was really the only reliable receiver for parts of the early part of the season and was just a stud. And I think you now have him back and you figure he and Tyler are from a similar part of the country in Arizona. Um, I know that in the past they've done some training together. There should be a good, then assume This is assuming Tyler Shuck's a quarterback, which, again, hasn't been announced, but we're speculating a little bit. But it, there should be a good chemistry between Tyler and Johnny. So I think Johnny, I look at him and think, once again, expect him to be a, a really big part of this offense. They bring Jalen Redback, who probably is another one of those guys who's very underrated. Um, seven touchdowns last year. I know he's not. he's not a big, explosive guy, but he's really a – a guy who in a gadget situation can make plays. He's a guy who actually you go back and watch what he did last year as a junior and he can he can make some plays in the air. He had a couple of touchdowns that were pretty impressive catches, honestly. Um I think he gets underlooked a little bit. And then you have some of these young, exciting receivers who we really haven't seen. You know, you got those two seniors and Johnny and, and Jalen Red, but then you've got Micah Pittman and Devin Williams and Brian Addison, um guys like Lance Wilhoit and Jarrell Waters who were red shirts last year. Um I think Chris Hudson as a true freshman is intriguing. So, you know, and I'm missing a couple guys here, um, Josh Delgado and Isaiah Crocker are also with the group and on scholarship. But I, I look at the main guys of, you know, probably being Johnny Johnson and Jalen Red are, are going to play a lot. And then Micah Pittman and Devin Williams and Brian Addison are that next group, that next wave. And if they can get a lot of production from that next wave of guys, and I think we think that'll be the case they're going to be set at receiver. But if they don't get that production and like a Micah Pittman either has injury problems or he's behind what we expect. And again, we have very lofty expectations from him. Everything we hear is just very positive about what he can do. Um, And I think we feel the same way about Brian or Brian Addison and Devin Williams. If those guys, but if those guys don't live up to it, it could be a tough year at that position group. I mean, that's kind of the worst case scenario, but best case is those guys are just studs. And now you're looking at a receiving core that has five to six really good wide receivers And you think back to where they were two years ago when it was basically either you throw the ball to Dylan Mitchell or it's an incompletion. I know that's a little hyperbolic, but it's not that far off. I mean, that team really didn't have any – the team didn't have a clear second receiver in 2018. Um, And you think about where they are potentially this year, and it's what a transition and transformation at that position group. So I'm with you, Matt. I think there's there's a lot of reason to be optimistic, but there's also some reasons to just maybe temper some expectations.
1: Now, you look at this position group, and you mentioned – two of them guys I was going to highlight Johnny Johnson, Jalen red. I think these two guys, you, you said it, both a little underrated. Um, both of them are close to a thousand or over a thousand career yards in receiving 1300 for Jalen, uh, for Johnny Johnson. Jalen red has 957. They've combined for 25 touchdowns through the air uh, in their careers. Both of them have been, you know, basically three year players for Oregon. They they've played considerable snaps in their first three seasons at Oregon and they're going to be kind of called upon to be the bridge between Herbert and whoever wins the quarterback job in 2020 we both think it's going to be Tyler Shuck um, until that new quarterback is kind of settled in and in his comfort zone and really in a good position you know those these are going to be the two guys I think you know, the team's going to lean on to maybe bail out the quarterback if, if he makes a poor throw or, yep. you know, you need, you, need a, you need a first down. You look to, you know, initially at least, you look to these two guys to see if they can kind of get you that that first down, if it's third and five or what have you. Um, but if, I think eventually, though, it, it's a weird dynamic because you look at Johnny Johnson and you look at Jalen Red and you think these are the two best receivers going into 2020. But I think you could make an argument that, by the end of 2020, they might be three, they might be four on the pecking order of, of most talented, most impactful receivers of this group. And I think that kind of speaks to the potential of this room, because if if they're your third or four, fourth best receiver, you're pretty darn good. And if they're one and two, you're still really good, uh, potentially at the receiver spot.
0: I think that's a really I, – I, I'm in complete agreement with you on that one where you start the season expecting those guys to be the top two, but by the end of the season, I'm not going to be surprised at all if it's Micah Pittman and Devin Williams really kind of leading the way here. And we should note, like, Micah Pittman and Jalen Red are, are both primarily slot receivers. That's going to be a heck of a position battle this fall to see who, who gets to that start. I would assume Jalen's at least going to early on in the season receive that, but maybe Micah's just going to blow – blow people out of the water and people are going to be like, you can't not start him because he's so talented. And frankly, that's what we were hearing last fall camp before he got injured was just like, Oh my gosh, the stuff he's doing in practice every day, he's making these kind of Odell Beckham sort of catches supposedly. And we didn't, we saw some of it. We didn't see others. We were hearing it secondhand. Um, There was a ton of buzz around him. And then of course he misses the first part of the season last year and he comes back and he plays pretty well and then gets hurt again and then comes back in the Rose bowl, um, a real up and down season with injuries. But man, if he can be, if he can have a full healthy season and I'm going to, I'm going to pretend to knock on wood, um, full disclosure, I knocked on wood the other, t- a couple of days ago and, and my dog started barking. We had to pause the podcast. So I won't fully actually knock on, on the, on the, on the table next to me um, for fear of that happening again. Um, but, but, but yeah, I think Pittman could be that kind of guy. And I think Devin Williams is, is somebody, and I know I've been very high on him for a while. I remember watching him. Um, up at the the opening in portland when he was a high school uh going into his high school senior season uh, and just being like this guy is different and he built sort of like a julio jones body type and i'm not saying he's the same player at all that's a very unfair expectation to place on him but he certainly fits those bodies that you see in the nfl that are so prevalent these six four six five long um, angular bodies with you know he looks like devin's put on some weight who can really run Um, he certainly has the upside to just be a fantastic piece. And I think Brian Addison, I think I probably don't quite have my, my, my projected ceiling in my mind isn't quite as high on Addison, but it's not that far off. I mean, I think Brian Addison had his ups and downs last year, you know, but I think he could be a very, very compelling piece here. So I think, I think this, that's what makes it so exciting when you look at this group of like, okay, we know that there's at least two reliable pieces. And then there's these other guys that you look at and you go, like, they could be just absolute studs this year, yep. and this could be a very, very varied offense for Joe Moorhead and for whoever the quarterback is where it's not just going to be a couple of guys. It's not going to just be one guy like it was in 2018 with Dylan Mitchell. It could be four guys, five guys, six guys.
1: I'm curious to see a couple guys and see what plays out. We're, we're expecting big things, obviously, from Johnny Johnson, Jalen Red. Uh, I I think it's safe to say the same for Micah Pittman and for Devin Williams as well. But then you get to another tier of player, Josh Delgado played a lot for Oregon as a true freshman last season, played in 14 games for Oregon. He started three. Uh, He had 11 receptions for 147 yards. Uh, I, I think in a normal year, if a true freshman shows up at Oregon plays in all 14 games for the ducks, has a couple of starts under his belt, we're probably saying, you know what, this is a guy that's probably poised for a breakout year, but he's sitting behind Micah Pittman and Jalen Red on the depth chart. Is, is he going to be able to figure is, – is Oregon going to – I think this is a decision to make for Oregon. If they go three wide, do you move Pittman – do you pick your best receivers? Because I think if you pick your best receivers, it's probably Johnny Johnson, Micah Pittman, Jalen Red going into camp right now. But that would pull off a Devin Williams – uh, we'll pull off a Brian Addison potentially from the starting lineup, both of right. which are it's six good foot good five guys, and you wouldn't bodies. be starting anybody over over six foot uh, or six foot one. So I think that's the, the first question. But then if you you go past that and you just look at the talent, the players individually, I'm really curious to see what happens this year with a Josh Delgado, with a Lance Wilhoy, and with a Jaron Waters. Three, and I'm going to throw Isaiah Crocker in there as well. Um, those four guys are in a position where they could play a lot or they could play very little in 2020. A lot's going to probably depend upon what happens in the next couple of weeks for, the, for fall camp, and in particular for Lance Wilhoyt and Jerron Waters. Those are two guys who, through 30 weeks of fall camp last year, we thought they were going to play a ton before they got hurt.
0: I hate to say this, but this feels kind of like a make or break year for those four guys. Doesn't it? I mean, and I say this because Oregon's bringing in currently three and possibly a four fourth and Dante Thornton top 150 receivers in its 2021 recruiting class. Those guys are going to be on next year's roster. Um, and if, if those guys don't show they can play at a high level this year and don't prove themselves, I know Oregon does lose two receivers and, and Johnny and, and Jalen in theory, and we'll see what happens with that extra year rule, what they choose to do there. But like if an if isaiah crocker or a josh delgado or a lance will or a drawn waters if any of those guys just like can't see the field at all they're not going to see the field at all in the future either with these young talented guys coming in who are frankly more highly regarded recruits out of high school um across the board so I, i'm with you and, and it's way too early to write off any of these guys too i want to say that just off the top here i mean i think Josh Delgado, like you said, started three games last year. Probably doesn't start those games if Oregon's healthy at receiver. I think that's probably fair. Um, Will Hoyt and Waters were hurt all of last year. Crocker is kind of his own – like he's – I don't really know how to classify him. I think he's a very talented player. I mean, he came out of high school as like a top 200 receiver. We were all excited about him. We haven't seen a peep from him so far. Um, I don't want to give up on him because he's still just a sophomore. But those guys really – I think they have to show something this year. And if they can't prove that they can be on the field and contributors – this year, and I know there's a ton of guys ahead of them. I just look at 2021 and go like, what are we doing? Like, are those guys really going to have much of a shot then? And, and of course people grow and make, you know, improvements at different rates. And maybe they really do need a couple of years more to get there. And maybe we'll see in 2021, one of the two of those guys take a massive step after not showing much previously in their career. That's totally possible. Um, but it's, I do think there's a lot on the line for, for all those guys we mentioned, because yeah, the reality is um, to date, None of them have shown a ton. I mean, I think Josh Delgado showed a little bit last year, but really they haven't shown a ton. And you're bringing in a bunch more talent next year on the roster that's going to challenge them for playing time. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm curious to see how those guys fit in to what, what they'll be doing offensively. I'm curious to see how much they actually play. I mean, all three of those guys are, at best, basically second or third at their position on the depth chart right now. Um, it's going to take something for them to really – I guess move up that depth chart and and play more than reserve reps, but you need to see something from those guys. And if it's just in fall camp showing that they're capable and, and and whatever opportunities are thrust into the game that they're capable, maybe that's it. But boy, I I think you need to have some answers with what you've got with those guys going into 2021. And I think those guys need to find some answers for themselves about what they're going to do, because I think the reality is, is you might see a couple of those guys look to kind of maybe find greener pastures where they can play more. Um, if they don't do that this
1: year. Yeah, you you just look at – I mean, Tevin Jenis, a walk-on sophomore from Scapoose High School up in northwest part of the state of Oregon, he played in two games last year for the Ducks as a walk-on, three in his in his career total. I mean, that that's more than what Isaiah Crocker has played in his two years, one game for Isaiah Crocker. Lance Will Hoyt and Jerron Waters both didn't play last year. They redshirted, but they were practicing and they were – you know, potentially available the last quarter of the year in 2019. They just never saw the football field. Um, Justin Collins is a guy that he was hurt all of last year as a walk on, but he played in four games for the ducks in 2018. Um, And and I don't think 2018 was filled with a ton of blowouts in which, uh, you know, more, any more so than 2019 was from an Oregon football standpoint. Um, I think Delgado out of that group is probably the one who's better positioned than anybody because he did play Agreed. in four, in 14 games and he did start three. So I think it's it's maybe too soon for him to say it's a make-or-break type of a season, but if he doesn't show development in 2020, 2021 becomes a make-or-break year for him. And, that, and look, that's kind of the reality that's going to be here from an Oregon standpoint across the board – from any position and not just at Oregon, but at Alabama, at Ohio state, at Clemson is that when you recruit at the level that Oregon is starting to recruit every year, there is going to be a guy coming into every position group. That's going to be someone that you look at and say, if he lives up to his expectations, he's playing as a true freshman. And it's going to push the entire group to get better. And unfortunately there's going to be guys where look and, year 2, year 3, if you're not showing significant development in your game, you're going to get passed up upon because there's someone that's going to be younger coming into the position group that's bigger, faster, stronger and they're going to get playing time that you that you potentially could have had. So, I think looking at this group there's a lot to watch for this year. You've got some you've got some veteran players who you're really excited to see them close out their seasons, see how good of a year they can have in their last hurrah if you will. You've got a couple young promising guys that you you feel pretty confident they're going to take that next step. And then there's another batch where they're going to be battling for for playing time, and that's going to make the entire group better. Now let's end it with this guy, and I think we should discuss him a little bit, and that's Daywood Davis. Um, it feels like Daywood's been here for five years, and yet somehow he's only a junior um, for, for Oregon's football team. He did not play a single game in 2017 – he was part of Willie Taggart's uh, loan recruiting class for the Ducks. He redshirted. He was a receiver, um, and then in t- 2018, he moved from receiver to cornerback during the year. He played in seven games. He had one catch, uh, minimal, you know, mi- minimal impact statistically. It's difficult to say that right now for me for whatever reason. Minimal <laughs> impact statistically uh, as a receiver had a couple big plays on special teams. Uh, was a guy that played a little bit as a DB and in 2019 he started fall camp as a cornerback but then had to move back to receiver because of injuries to multiple players and he ended up playing in 13 games he had nine receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown now going into fall camp for 2020 he is playing both defensive back and receiver and I no doubt think he's going to play in every single game that's available. It's it's just where is is David Davis going to play?
0: <laughs> and I we I gave him props a couple of weeks ago because his career has been I mean talk about not having like any you know any solid ground to stand upon. I mean switching positions every off season and sometimes multiple times during a calendar year. I mean he was going back between corner wide receiver and the corner again last year and then back to receiver at time. I mean it's just the amount of times he's moved back and forth and and my guess is that they're basically going to spend this fall camp with him to try to figure out where he fits best and and we're frankly what's best case for him in terms of getting on the field is he good enough at corner to actually be in the two deep and play a lot and if that's the case he'll stay there if not he has a chance to be in the two deep at receiver um, probably behind a johnny johnson at at that position so i I think a player that we 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 all have a ton of respect for because of what he's done and sticking it out And, and again like he and Jordan Scott are the only remaining part of that Florigan movement under, under Willie Taggart that have stuck around. And there were six guys, I think, or seven guys. Well, I think six guys got to camp as a seventh guy never actually got there, but still, I mean, there's a bunch of guys from Florida and they kind of came here together as brothers and, and a bunch of them have taken off. And, and now it's a couple of them left and credit to Daywood for potentially being the last one of them left. if, if Assuming he plays his career out at Oregon, because Jordan would be um, eligible to graduate this season and, and, and go if he wants to. So, yeah, I'm with you on Daywood. I think he's an extremely valuable part of this team. Um, one last name just to mention, because we haven't mentioned him, is Chris Hudson, the true freshman. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, sort of interesting. He was mentioned as one of the first names Mario came up with that is a possible punt and kickoff returner. Um, to me, that gives at least indication that they think he's somebody that they're considering playing in some capacity this year. I don't expect necessarily he's going to see the field that receiver a ton just because there's that, that glut of guys we were talking about. But he was a four-star recruit, a former two, top 250 recruit out of the Southern California area. Um, dynamic athlete, extremely explosive. Uh, you look at his height and weight as listed on the on, on by Oregon: five eleven, one seventy-one. Needs to certainly put on some muscle, probably you know over the course of his career to play. Probably wants to play closer to one eighty 180 or one eighty-five. But uh, uh, just another name to know, and, and he's number fourteen. But you know, if you see. We, we don't We have to mention at least he's a, a highly regarded recruit i don't know where he fits in exactly if he's a slot guy, if he plays wide, but um, another one of those dynamic speed guys who who could kind of be a weapon at some point, maybe it 's not this year, maybe it 's down the line, but certainly a name just to be aware of
1: nonetheless, I think this position group has a lot of interest, a lot of intrigue, a lot of talent, and a lot of storylines to watch during the 2020 football season. They could be really good they could potentially be. Statistically speaking, the best unit in the Pac-12, they could be middle of the pack. Uh, I think this is one in which the sliding scale is very wide for Oregon and where they could get – what they could get out of that position group for the 2020 football season. Nonetheless, I think the future is bright for the group as well. Present also very bright. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed the podcast. We've got more coming up this week. Tight end, the offensive line will dip into the defensive side of the football Tons of previews still to roll through for the 2020 football season. The Ducks are getting close to, you know, getting done with their first week of fall camp. Pads are on. Season is getting closer and closer. We're officially now less than a week away, uh, less than a month away. Uh, it's an exciting time. You can help support the podcast in multiple ways. The most impactful, easiest way is by subscribing to duckterritory.com for a VIP membership. $1 for your first month, $9.95 there that or consider subscribing for an annual membership uh, one-time payment uh, for that costs you $75 and 18 cents. If money is an issue you don't want to subscribe to, that's totally fine. We get it. It's cool. There's other ways you can do it that are still impactful. One, give us a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever platform that you use to listen to the show, make sure You give us a review that helps us and also make sure to click that subscribe button on the podcast because it's free and it gives you all our future shows sent directly to your device. You get notified when we upload, which is almost daily right now. And then you also can go back and you can listen to our entire library of, of shows. We've got a ton on there. Eric and I have been doing this for a couple of years now. And so there's a ton of, of of audio and past previews that we've run through quarterback Running back. Obviously, we're now at the receiver group. We'll have more coming out. Uh, we've got more other previews for the season. We've got recruiting recaps, recruiting you know, emergency podcasts when they've landed commitments. So huge library for you to go back and listen to as well. So for Eric Scopo, I have Matt Prem. You've been listening to the Odds Audibles podcast.
0: Talk to you later, folks. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.